Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jangda. If you enjoy and benefit from listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free with you, and your donation ensures that we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has tens of thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting this effort is endless, insha'Allah. You never know who will be able to benefit from your contributions and donations. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. So alhamdulillah, um, it's good to be back. I know that we took uh, off for the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, there was a week of the Thanksgiving break, the fall break, um, where alhamdulillah, uh, we uh, were visiting uh, Masjid Aqsa and Palestine with a group, alhamdulillah. So that was, um, that was a real alhamdulillah pleasure and uh, it was really amazing. And then last week uh, we had just gotten back, so I wasn't able to. Uh, make it for the class, but alhamdulillah, uh, wanted to come here today and kind of get things back on track. So inshallah, um, continuing with our study of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, the prophetic biography, we have been talking about the ninth year of Hijrah, the ninth year of the Prophet's residence in the city of Medina. And this year has been primarily dominated by, it's referred to by historians and scholars of Sirah as Amul Wufud, the year of the delegations. And this year is, uh, the, especially the, the last so many sessions that we've had, have been dominated by the discussion about the different groups that came to embrace Islam, accept Islam. There were a couple of negative interactions as well, unfortunately. But overall, it's been dominated by this uh, by the, the, the lessons that we are able to take from all the different interactions the Prophet ﷺ had with all the different tribes during this particular year. Today we're going to continue with that, but in a little bit of a different direction. One of the particular themes of this particular year when the Prophet ﷺ was interacting with all these tribes and people were coming and embracing Islam and the Prophet ﷺ was interacting with all these people um, is that there were a number of interactions that the Prophet ﷺ had with um, the best way to describe it would be royalty. So there were a number of uh, you know mem- people or individuals of royal lineages, royal families from different nations and different empires who also came during this time. And the Prophet ﷺ sent them letters and he interacted with them and they embraced Islam. And so I thought that it would be particularly beneficial to also look at how the Prophet ﷺ interacted with people who were of a position or a status of royalty. They were considered the leaders of their people. They were respected members of their families and their tribes and their communities. How did the Prophet ﷺ interact with them? So there's two things more specifically that we'll be looking at today insha'Allah. The first thing I want to start off by talking about is that the, there was uh, the people or the tribe of Himyar. 
There were the tribes and the people of Himyar who, ex- who accepted Islam and embraced Islam. And some of the members or the individuals of the royalty of Himyar, they came to visit the Prophet ﷺ, meet with the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ welcomed them, respected them, honored them, but particularly the Prophet ﷺ wrote letters that he sent back with them to the rest of the royalty of Himyar, who had also embraced Islam. And the remarkable thing, I'm going to go through those letters the Prophet ﷺ dictated, that he dictated to the Sahaba and they wrote, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he dictated these letters to them. And I'm gonna go through those letters and there's a lot of very profound advice and guidance the Prophet ﷺ is providing in these letters. And I thought it'd be something that we can benefit from ourselves. So the Prophet ﷺ, one of the letters that he sent to the leadership of this tribe and the people of Himyar was he wrote, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Min Muhammadin Rasulin Nabi, Min Muhammadin Rasulillahi an Nabi. And then he named the people that he was writing the letter to, Ilal Hadith ibn Abdi Kulal, Nu'aym ibn Abdi Kulal, Nu'man, Qayli Dhi Ru'ayn, Mu'afir wa Hamdan. He named the people that he was sending the letter to. And he said, Amma ba'du, he said, Amma ba'da thalikum, after saying this, فَإِنِّي أَحْمَدُ إِلَيْكُمْ اللَّهَ الَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ he said, I begin with the praise and the glorification of God. He said that when we came back from the campaign, the expedition of Tabuk, we met your people. He said that they informed us of your news and they told us that you have become Muslim. He said, وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدَ هَدَاكُمْ بِهُدَاهُ God has guided you. إِنْ أَصْلَحْتُمْ وَأَتَعْتُمُ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ If you conduct yourself with goodness, and you obey God and His Messenger, وَأَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ You established a prayer, you give charity. وَأَعْطَيْتُمْ مِنَ الْمَغَانِمِ خُمُسَ اللَّهِ وَسَهْمَ النَّبِيِّ وَصَفِيَّهُ And he said that when you come into spoils of war, you allocate a fifth of it, 20% of it, to be used for the affairs of the state as dictated by God in the Qur'an. وَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي And then he detailed out the structure of giving zakat. That one-tenth of the crop of the harvest is given in charity. Uh, One-fortieth. Two and a half percent of your wealth is given in charity and he details out how you give zakat on goats and camels and things like that. But then he goes on to say, وَإِنَّهَا فَرِيدَةُ اللَّهِ الَّتِي فَرَضَ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الصَّدَقَةِ This is an obligation from God. Zakat is something that God has mandated upon you that you must give it to the Muslims, the believers. فَمَنْ زَادَ خَيْرًا فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَهُ If you choose to give more in charity than your zakat, that is good for you. وَمَنْ أَدَّى ذَلِكَ وَأَشْهَدَ عَلَىٰ إِسْلَامِهِ وَظَاهَرَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ عَلَىٰ الْمُشْرِكِينَ فَإِنَّهُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ He then goes on to say, whoever fulfills the obligations of the religion testifies to their faith. 
gives preference to their Muslim brothers and sisters over the non-Muslims, meaning in terms of loyalty, particularly when there's conflict. Then he says that that person is a believer. And that person has the rights of a Muslim, and that person has the obligations of Muslims, and they are under the governance and the protection of Allah and His Messenger. Then he goes on to say, What if a Jew or a Christian choose to become Muslim? Then they are a Muslim. No differentiation is made. They get all the rights of Muslims, and they also have all the obligations of Muslims. But then he goes on to say, and this is very important, وَمَنْ كَانَ عَلَى يَهُودِيَّتِهِ أَوْ نَصْرَانِيَّتِهِ But what if somebody chooses, they live in the area of Muslims, and they choose to remain on their Jewish faith, or they choose to remain on their Christian faith? What about them? Then he goes on to say, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُرَدُّ عَنْهَا وَعَلَيْهِ الْجِزْيَةِ That person is not forced to convert from their religion. لَا يُرَدُّ عَنْهَا That person shall not be forced to convert from their religion. And that person will pay a jizya, which is a tax to live in that Islamic territory and receives the benefits of the Muslim governance. And then he goes on to say, عَلَى كُلِّ حَالِ مِنْ ذَكَرِنَ أُنْثَى Every male, adult male, uh, every adult male and female, man or woman, who is a non-Muslim, حُرِّنَ أَوْ عَبْدٍ whether they are free or slave, who live under this benefit of the Muslim governance, دِينَارٌ they only have to pay one dinar a year. And the zakat and the taxes that Muslims paid were far more than that. So they paid a fraction of what Muslims paid and received all the benefits of the protections of Islam. And then he goes on to say, فَمَنْ أَدَّى ذَلِكَ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ لَهُ ذِمَّةُ اللَّهِ وَذِمَّةُ رَسُولِهِ And anyone who pays that dinar, that jizya, they get the full protection of Allah and His Messenger وَمَنْ مَنَعَهُ But if somebody does not agree to this, فَإِنَّهُ عَدُوٌ لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ Then that person is now declaring war against Allah and His Messenger ﷺ. And that's their choice. The Prophet ﷺ, he goes on to detail some more of the rulings. He said, وَلَا تَخْهُنُوا وَلَا تَخَاذَلُوا وَلَا تَخْهُنُوا وَلَا تَخَاذَلُوا he said that, do not be deceitful and do not try to undermine one another. فَإِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هُوَ مَوْلَىٰ غَنِيِّكُمْ وَفَقِيرِكُمْ The Prophet ﷺ is both the ally of the rich and the poor. They are both part of the community. And so keep the community together. وَإِنَّ الصَّدَقَةَ لَا تُحِلُّ لِمُحَمَّدٍ وَلَا لِأَهْلِ بَيْتِهِ And never ever fall in, into this delusion that charity is being taken from you to benefit Muhammad or his family. Because the Prophet ﷺ made this proclamation constantly and he wrote this in the letter for Muhammad and his family. 
He talked about himself. Muhammad and his family are not allowed. It is not permissible for them to take from the wealth of charity. They do not take from the charity funds. So when you give charity, you do not benefit Muhammad ﷺ, nor his family. You benefit the poor of your community. وَإِنَّمَا هِيَ زَكَاتٌ يُزَكِّي بِهَا عَلَى فَقَرَاءِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَابْنِ السَّبِيلِ When you give charity, you are benefiting the poor and the destitute, the needy of the community. And the Prophet ﷺ, he goes on to say, وَإِنَّ مَالِكًا قَدْ بَلَّغَ الْخَبْرَ وَحَفِظَ الْغَيْبَ فَآمُرُكُمْ بِهِ خَيْرًا وَإِنِّي قَدْ أَرْسَلْتُ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ صَالِحِ أَهْلِي وَأُلِي دِينِهِمْ وَأُلِي عِلْمِهِمْ And the Prophet ﷺ said, Furthermore, I am sending the best people of my community to lead you and to look over you and to teach you. فَآمُرُكُمْ بِهِمْ خَيْرًا And so I ask you to be good to my representatives and my delegates. فَإِنَّهُمْ مَنْذُورٌ إِلَيْهِمْ because I am lending them to you. I am lending them to you. These are my people. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And that was the letter of the Prophet. There, while we're on this particular topic, the Prophet also wrote a letter around this time to the leadership of the people of Yemen. And I'm going to talk about this that some of the royalty of Yemen would come and embrace Islam. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But while we're on the topic of the letters, the Prophet ﷺ also sent a letter to the leadership of Yemen. And it's also very, very insightful. The Prophet ﷺ, he wrote, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Hada Kitabu Min Allahi wa Rasulihi. And then he wrote, he quoted the verse of the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, awfu bil uqud. O you who believe, Fulfill your contracts. Keep your promises. He dictated this. He said, Ahdam min Allahi. And he said that this is a covenant that the Messenger of God is sending to the people of Yemen. And he said, The people that I am sending the letter with have been commanded to abide and to conduct themselves by God consciousness and to be honest. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ تَقَوَّ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ مُحْسِنُونَ God is always with those people who are conscious of God and those who strive in doing good. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, وَأَمَرَهُ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ بِالْحَقِّ كَمَا أَمَرَهُ اللَّهِ And I have commanded my delegates to conduct themselves with truthfulness as God has commanded. وَإِنْ يُبَشِّرَ النَّاسَ بِالْخَيْرِ وَيَأْمُرَهُمْ بِهِ And to enjoin good upon the people, and tell people to do good. وَيُعَلِّمَ النَّاسَ الْقُرْآنَ And to teach people the Qur'an. وَيُفَقِّهَمْ فِي الدِّينَ And to teach them the religion. وَأَنْ يَنْهَ النَّاسَ فَلَا يَمَسَّ أَحَدٌ الْقُرْآنَ إِلَّا وَهُوَ طَاهِرٌ there's such beneficial teachings here. He says that, and to tell the people that no one should make contact with the Qur'an unless they are in a state of cleanliness. Like he was teaching them these etiquettes. He says, وَأَنْ يُخْبِرَ النَّاسَ بِالَّذِي لَهُمْ وَالَّذِي عَلَيْهِمْ And to teach people what are their rights and what are their obligations. وَأَنْ يَلِينَ لَهُمْ فِي الْحَقِّ it's so beautiful. The Prophet ﷺ gave instruction to his delegates that he would send with the message that when you teach people good, be soft and gentle with them. Wa be gentle and soft with people. Wa yashtadda alayhim fi 
But to be very harsh with people when it comes to the zulm, oppression. Never allow oppression. Never allow the violation of people's rights. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ حَرَّمَ الظُّلْمَ وَنَهَا عَنْهُ Because God has forbidden ظُلْم and He has never allowed it. فَقَالَ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ For God indeed has said, أَلَا لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ That the curse of God is upon those who do ظُلْم. وَأَنْ يُبَشِّرَ النَّاسَ بِالْجَنَّةِ وَبِعَمْلِهَا Encourage people by telling them about paradise and the actions that will bring them closer to paradise. وَيُنذِرَ النَّاسِ النَّارَ وَعَمْلَهَا And warn people against the fire of hell and the actions that will lead to the fire of hell. وَأَنْ يَسْتَعْلِفَ النَّاسَ حَتَّى يَتَفَقَّهُ فِي الدِّينَ And be gentle with the people. Be, be soft with the people until they understand how to practice their religion. وَأَنْ يُعَلِّمَ النَّاسَ مَعَالِمَ الْحَجِّ وَسُنَّنَهُ وَفَرَائِدَهُ Teach people how to do hajj. And the proper way of performing the Hajj. وَمَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ And what God has commanded. And the reason why it's mentioning Hajj, because the Prophet ﷺ, in the next year, in the 10th year of Hijrah, he would go for Hajj himself. So he's saying, start preparing people to do Hajj, so that the whole Ummah can congregate at Hajjatul Wida'. And then he says, وَالْحَجُّ الْأَكْبَرُ الْحَجُّ وَالْحَجُّ الْأَصْغَرُ الْعُمْرَةِ The greater Hajj is to do Hajj, and the smaller Hajj is Umrah. And then he said, وَأَيَّنْهَا النَّاسَ أَنْ يُصَلِّيَ الرَّجُلُ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ صَغِيرٍ إِلَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ وَاسِعًا فَيُخَالِفُ بَيْنَ تَرْفَيْهِ عَلَىٰ عَاتِقِهِ And then he taught them, he said, teach them etiquette. Teach them when they pray, they should not pray in a small singular garment. Men. And what he's talking about is many people who worked in the fields, who lived in the villages and worked with their hands, they did physical labor. A lot of times, you know, they would do physical labor in just like what we would call like shorts. They would take off their shirt to do physical labor. The Prophet ﷺ said that when you pray, even if you do physical labor, put a shirt on before you pray. Because that is good manners and etiquette. Unless you have such a large garment that you can wear it from top to bottom like a thobe or a robe, a long qamis or something like that. Otherwise, if you just are working in your lower garment, in your shorts, then put a shirt on before you pray. وَلَا يَنْقُدَ شَعْرَ رَأْسِهِ إِذَا عَفَافِي قَفَاهُ And then the Prophet ﷺ said, similarly, do not tie your hair like into a bun or a braid or something like that for men. The Prophet ﷺ said they shouldn't do that. وَأَنْ يَنْهَ النَّاسَ إِنْ كَانَ بَيْنَهُمْ هَيْجٌ أَنْ يَدْعُوَ إِلَى الْقَبَائِلِ وَالْعَشَائِرِ This is very profound. The Prophet ﷺ said that also teach them that if conflict ever occurs within them, that they should not call people to tribalism, racism, tribalism, classism. They should not do that. وَلَكِنْ دُعَاؤُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ only call people to the oneness of Allah and to not associate any partners with Allah. فَلَمْ يَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَدَعَا إِلَى الْعَشَائِرِ وَالْقَبَائِلِ فَلْيَعْطِفُوا بِالسَّيْفِ If somebody tries to divide the ummah based off of tribe, nation, lineage, these types of things, 
Then the Prophet ﷺ said something very severe. And they do not call to the oneness of the ummah, the oneness of Allah. He said something very severe. He said, then deal with them with the sword. They are an enemy of the ummah, an enemy of the community. And then he goes on to say, حَتَّى يَكُونَ دُعَاؤُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِكَ لَهُ Until they become unified in calling people to the oneness of Allah. وَيَأْمُرَ النَّاسَ بِإِسْبَاغِ الْوُضُوءِ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَيْدِيَهُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَرُجَلَهُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ وَيَمْسَحُ بِرُؤُسِهِمْ كَمَا أَمْرَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ And then he said, and do wudu properly. Teach people how to do wudu. وَأُمِرُوا بِالصَّلَاةِ لِوَقْتِهَا Teach the people how to pray on time. وَإِتْمَامِ الرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ وَإِنْ يُغَلَّسَ بِالصُّبْحِ وَهَجَّرَ بِالْهَاجِرَةِ حِينَةَ مِلُ الشَّمْسِ وَصَلَاةُ الْعَصْرِ وَالشَّمْسُ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُبَدَّدًا وَالْمَغْرِبِ حِينَ يُقْبِلُ اللَّيْلِ وَلَا تُؤَخِّرْ حَتَّى تَبْدُوَ النُّجُومِ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْعِشَاءَ أَوَّلُ اللَّيْلِ And then he gave them the timings of the prayer. That you pray Fajr at the break of dawn, you pray Dhuhr when the sun begins its decline, you pray Asr before the sun sets, you pray Maghrib when the night begins, the sun has set, you pray Isha when the stars become apparent. Go for the Jum'ah prayer, congregate for Jum'ah prayer. Do ghusl and bathe before you go for the Jum'ah prayer. And then he goes on to once again explain to them how to give their charity. One-tenth of your crop, one-fortieth, uh, one two-and-a-half percent of your wealth. And then again the Prophet ﷺ says, وَإِنَّهُ مَنْ أَسْلَمَ مِنْ يَهُودِينَ وَنَصْرَانِيًّا إِسْلَامًا خَالِصًا مِنْ نَفْسِهِ فَدَانَ دِينَ الْإِسْلَامِ فَإِنَّهُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لَهُمَا لَهُمَا عَلَيْهِمَا عَلَيْهِمَا if somebody who is a Jew or a Christian becomes Muslim, sincerely from themselves, willingly, and comes to Islam, then they are a Muslim. They are a brother, a sister, a part of your community. They get all the rights of Muslims and they have the obligations of Muslims. If somebody chooses to remain Jewish or Christian, فَإِنَّهُ لَا anha. They are never coerced or forced to change their religion. And then again he talks about the tax that they pay to receive all the rights and the protections of all Muslims that the Muslims get as well. And then the Prophet ﷺ concluded by saying, Salawatullahi ala Muhammad, that send your salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. Wassalamu alayhi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And he ended with, again, the salam. So this was, these were the letters the Prophet ﷺ was sending to the kings, the princes and the leaders of the different tribes, like the people of Yemen. Now what I wanted to mention very briefly, were some of the people who were considered royalty of their people. When they came to accept Islam, the Prophet ﷺ was sending these letters, these messages. When they were now coming to the Prophet ﷺ to become Muslim, how did the Prophet ﷺ welcome them? There's a profound lesson in this. So one of the people who came to embrace Islam was a leader of his people, and his name was Jarir bin Abdullah al-Bajali. Jarir ibn Abdullah al-Bajali. And he was a very he was from Yemen. He was considered a leader of his people, and he was also being a leader of his people. 
he had a very kind of dignified appearance. He wore like these very, you know, kind of like royal kind of garments, a very fancy robe and things like that. So he says that I came to Medina to become Muslim. When I got right outside of Medina, he says, rahilati." I made my camel sit. I opened up my bags. I put on like the nice royal garments that I had. And then I entered into Medina and I went to the masjid. When I got to the masjid, it was Friday. And the Prophet ﷺ was giving khutbah, he was addressing the people. So I walked in, Medina was a simple place. Many of the Muslims were simple people, muhajirun ansar, simple people. So when I walked in and I was wearing like these royal garments, people started looking at me. Like people were kind of surprised to see someone like me walk in. Faramani an-nasu bil hadaq. Like people started glancing at me and staring and looking at me. So I sat down and the Prophet ﷺ was giving the khutbah. And while he was giving the khutbah, the Prophet ﷺ realized that it kind of, my walking in and the way I was, the way I looked and the way I was dressed was causing a little bit of kind of some distraction. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya tukhulu alaykum min hadal bab, aw min hadal fajr, min khayri di yamanin. He said that this person who has just entered into the masjid is from the best of his people. He is from the nobility of his people. He looks like a king. He is royalty. So if he, if he catches your attention, if he does not seem ordinary to you, then that is simply because he is not ordinary. He is a king of his people. He is a prince. So Jarir says, <laughs> when I heard the Prophet, he said, I started to get nervous. Am I out of place? Am I not welcome? You know, you start to feel kind of isolated a little bit. Everyone's staring at you. He said, when the Prophet said that, فَحَمِدْتُ I said, Alhamdulillah, Azza wa Jalla ala ma'ablani. That I felt out of place being amongst these beautiful people, but simple, humble people. And then I kind of walk in like a prince. And I started to feel kind of out of place. But then I thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that even though I was different, I was welcome. He goes on to say, very interestingly, that when I spoke to the Prophet ﷺ, after when it was done, the khutbah was done, the Prophet ﷺ called me, and I sat down with him and he said, Ya Jareed, li ayi shayin jita? Why have you come to us? And I said that, O Messenger of Allah, Uslimu ala yadayka ya Rasulullah. I have come to embrace Islam on your hands. I have come to hold your hand in my hands and embrace Islam. فَأَلْقَى عَلَيْكَ كِسَاءً The Prophet ﷺ took off his shawl and he put it around me. ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ عَلَىٰ أَصْحَابِي Then he turned to his companions. And he said, إِذَا أَتَاكُمْ كَرِيمُ قَوْمٍ فَأَكْرِمُهُ When the leader of the people comes to you, honor him. Honor the leaders of the people. And it's not just elitism the Prophet is talking about. He's talking about a true leader. Because what is, what is the meaning of being a leader? 
It's not just prestige and, and, and elitism. The Prophet said what? Sayyidul Qawmi Khadimuhum. Because a leader of his people is what? A responsible person, mas'ul. He takes care of his people. If they can't feed themselves, then he has to find a way to feed him, feed them. If they're in trouble, he has to find a solution. When they have problems, they go to him. Everyone's headache is his headache. Everyone's problem is his problem. Everyone's bills are his bills. So that's what he means by leader. And he says, so when someone who takes care of his people comes to you, honor that person. Because respect the work that that person does for his people. And by showing some respect to that person, you will win the heart of that person. And when that person becomes Muslim, then guess what's gonna happen? Everyone else is gonna follow him into Islam. Because they know him, they trust him, they're loyal to him because he takes care of them. إِذَا جَاءَكُمْ إِذَا أَتَاكُمْ فَأَكْرِمُهُ And then the Prophet said, يَا جَرِيرُ O Jarir, أَدْعُوكَ إِلَى شَهَادَةِ لَا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَأَن تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِهِ وَتُصَلِّ الصَّلَاةَ الْمَكْتُوبَةِ وَتُؤَدِّيَ الزَّكَاةَ الْمَفْرُوضَةِ Then the Prophet called him to embrace Islam. فَفَعَلْتُ And Jari said, I did. Like I embraced Islam and I accepted all of this. فَكَانَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ لَا يَرَانِي إِلَّا تَبَسَّمَ فِي وَجْهِ Every single time after that I saw the Prophet he would smile at me and he would welcome me. Ahlan ahlan, marhaban marhaban. Tarahaba bi, warahaba bi. He would always welcome me and he would smile at me. And then Jarir says, beautiful, this is found in Bukhari and Muslim as well. He says, while I was sitting there, the Prophet was asking me, who are you? And he got to know me. I asked the Prophet about something. I kind of complained to him about a personal problem I had. Shakotu ila Rasulullah al-Khayl. It's interesting. He said, as a leader of my people, I have one shortcoming. I'm not good at riding a horse. It sounds kind of strange, but he just said, I'm not good at riding a horse. I fall off all the time. I'm not good at it. So Fadaraba biyadihi fi sadri. He said, the Prophet kind of hit me on my chest, like patted me on the chest. And he made dua for me. While tapping me on the chest, he made dua for me. Allahumma thabithu. Allah, make him firm. Waja'alhu hadiyan mahdiya. And Allah, make him someone who is not only guided, but also will guide his people. And he goes on to say that after that point, after that point, I never fell off of a horse ever again in my life. I never fell from a horse. I rode in so many battles after that. And I never fell off of a horse ever again in my life. There's another similar story about one of the princes, like a prince of Yemen. He was from the lineage of the old kings of Yemen. And he was known as royalty amongst his people. Um, Ibn Abdul Barr, one of the great scholars of Hadith and Sirah, he relays this incident. He says that one of the princes of Yemen, he came to the Prophet ﷺ to embrace Islam. When the Prophet ﷺ was given some news ahead of his arrival, that Ya Rasulullah, you should know that 
you know, a delegation is coming and one of the princes of Yemen is coming. The Prophet ﷺ told the Sahaba that, you know, a prince of Yemen is coming. And he told them, يَأْتِيكُمْ بَقِيَّةُ أَبْنَاءِ الْمُلُوكِ One of the last remaining prince uh, is coming, of Yemen is coming. فَلَمَا دَخَلَ الرَّحَّبَ بِهِ when he entered, the Prophet welcomed him. Ahlan wa sahlan. Wa adanahu min nafsi. He said, please come sit next to me. Wa qarraba majlisahu. He made him sit right next to him. Wa basata lahu rida'ahu. He took off his shawl and he put it on the ground. And he said, please have a seat. He honored him. And then he made dua for him. He said, Allahumma barik fi wa'il. His name was Wa'il bin Hujar. He said, Allahumma barik fi wa'il wa waladihi wa waladi waladihi. Wa Allah give Baraka, blessing to Wa'il and to his children and his grandchildren, his lineage. And what I wanted to talk about, look at how the Prophet welcomes him and honors him. Sits him down, welcomes him, makes dua for him. He becomes Muslim, but he honors him. And that brings him close to Islam. And you, you want to see what the effect and the impact of that is? See, what we're talking about here is not just stories. We're talking about the prophetic methodology. The prophetic methodology. When you respect people and you honor people, then what is the outcome of that? Wa'il bin Hujar, this companion, he's a companion, right? He's a Muslim. The Sahabi, who was a prince of Yemen, he lived for a very long time. He was a young man when he came to the Prophet. So he lived all the way into the Khilafah of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. After Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum. After the Muawiyah, he lived till that time, till the era of Muawiyah. So he came to visit Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu one time, when he was the leader of the Muslims. Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu recognized him. Hey. I remember you. I remember the time when you came to Medina and became Muslim. The Prophet told us you were coming and he welcomed you, etc., etc. So, Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, you know, I remember, Rahaba bihi wa qarrabahu wa adnahu wa adhkarahu al hadith. I remember the Prophet honored you and respected you and welcomed you. So then, Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, to follow the sunnah of the Prophet. عَرَضَ عَلَيْهِ جَائِزَةً سَنِيَّةً He offered him a beautiful, like a very nice gift. Please accept this gift from me. The Prophet honored you, I would like to honor you. Wa'il, you know what he did? أَبَاءً يَأْخُذَهُ He said, I cannot accept this gift. Rather, I appreciate you offering me a gift, but I have a request. If you could take this gift, وَأَعْطِيهَا مَنْ هُوَ أَحْوَجُهَا أَحْوَجْ إِلَيْهَا مِنِّي And please distribute this gift amongst the poor. Distribute it amongst the poor. Because that is what I learned from the Prophet So you see what I'm talking about? When you win people over, you win their hearts, you bring them close, by respecting them, by honoring them. Then you win their heart. And then they're willing to listen to what you have to say. They're willing to understand and internalize the values that you bring, that you're giving them.
And so a prince becomes someone who cares so much about the poor and about the values of the Prophet that feed the hungry, feed the poor. I don't need more wealth. I don't need to be showered with gifts. No, no, no. Feed the hungry, feed the poor. But if we don't follow this prophetic methodology and you shun people, you push them away, you're harsh with people. No one wants to be around you. No one is willing to listen to you. You never win their heart. And sometimes we get so caught up, we get in our own heads. And so we get so caught up in this mentality like, oh, you know, you just need to tell people like it is. And tell them what the deal is. And then you have nobody. Versus the prophetic methodology was bring people close. Ta'lif, laugh. Bring them close, win them over. And then let them become representatives, delegates. Let them carry your message, ambassadors of your message and your methodology to far and wide. And then they will carry your legacy forward. And that was a prophetic methodology. And that's something that we really need to understand. We really need to internalize. When you talk to people, understand who they are. Mardum shunasi. Understand who they are. Understand their circumstances, where they're coming from. Moka shunasi. Understand where people are coming from. And then, be gentle and soft. In Allah yuhibbu rifqa fi kulli shay. God loves gentleness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَا جُعِلَ الرِّفْقُ فِي شَيْنِ اللَّهَ زَانَهُ وَمَا نُزِعَ مِنْ شَيْنِ اللَّهَ شَانَهُ When you do things gently, it makes things beautiful. When you do things harshly, it ruins it. So be gentle. And play the long game. The Prophet was someone with foresight. الْحِكْمَةُ حُسْنُ tadbir. Don't think about the next five minutes. Think about the next five years, next 50 years, next five generations. What's going to happen five generations later? And that's how the Prophet ﷺ approached people. And that's why the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ. We're sitting 1400 years later, halfway across the world, in South Lake, Texas, talking about the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. Exactly. The legacy of the Prophet endures. And a big part of that was the methodology of the Prophet. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability um, to understand the methodology of the Prophet and practice the methodology of the Prophet. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to practice everything we've said and heard. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallah bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nasakhfirka wa natubu ilayk.